Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Well, in the first half, we're going to break down some hot topics from The View. And uh, Mayor Mike Kaufman's going to call in from Aurora, Colorado. He's the one who went out and lived in the homeless encampment, also in the shelters. He has very strong opinions. We'll get into that. First, I'll tell you about Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Well, sure you do. You do one or the other, and then there is your automotive policy. How about you get your bundle working when you get it uh, bundled up at GEICO? GEICO makes it easy to take your homeowners, your renter's insurance, and bundle it up with your automotive policy. So go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could be saving when you bundle at GEICO. That is GEICO.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week, as long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go Go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on. But that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! We're back inside the toolbox and staring into space, so lock it down and turn it up. We're in the middle of another super set of 70s hits on the only station air-conditioned by God himself. This is the toolbox. As the U.S. prepares to release all the intelligence related to unidentified flying objects, let's be honest. If the truth is out there, I'd rather live a lie. I don't need another thing to believe in. My plate is full, Agent Mulder. In other news, the Mars rover found evidence of a guitar on Mars, so yeah, still no sign of intelligent life. This flashback ransack on the toolbox brought to you by Olive Garden. Olive Garden, solid proof there's no intelligent life on Earth. Cooler temps across the Southland this week, so enjoy it before we get close to sun surface temps. Here's a band that was on to aliens long before anyone else. They took the name UFO, and while I wish it stood for UF off... We all know what it really means. Unadulterated frequency obliteration. UFO on the toolbox.
from Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. With Gina Grad on news, Bald Brian on sound effects, a spirited round of the Rotten Tomatoes game, and the Aurora, Colorado Mayor Mike Kaufman calls in. And now, for him, every day is D-Day, if the D is for diatribe. Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on. And manage to get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you. Right, Gina Grant? That's right. Handball, Brian. I don't want to be perceived as hetero. Don't worry about that. Oh. Well, I got an interesting thought. Oh. Came up with it Thursday night, which is, um, I think uh, any chick who goes into porn worries about uh, her dad one day confronting her. Mm-hmm. Sure. Perhaps, you know. And then uh, back in the day, there was a little uh, mutually exclusive uh, destruction, mutually um, insured destruction, which is back in the day, way back in the day, if you're a woman and did Mm -hmm. porn, Mm -hmm. it it also meant your dad had to go into a pussycat theater. Yes, if he saw you. Right, right, right. The tomcat. Where did he see you? Yeah. Right. Um. And now dads have computers yeah. and they could be uh, combing through you porn yeah. and uh, things get while they're driving. Things are forwarded to them. Yeah. Right. But I was thinking about this is a good argument for a dude getting into gay porn. Oh, Go on. Let's hear it. Well, because if the dad ever tries to out you, you're like, interesting. Yeah. What were you doing on SeanCody.com? Yeah. So What are you talking about? We're, we're, talk, we're kind of talking about what mom would uh, think about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious what mom would think about this whole thing. <laughs> so who should tell mom <laughs> yeah, dad about says, this whole gay thing? Right. You obviously do this because you're mad at me, but think about your mom, who you love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it just to make a couple of bucks. Yeah. Like your son, that's airtight. For you, it's a lifestyle. Gina. What were you doing? That's good. Are you kidding me? Yes, a good reason to get into gay porn, fellas, versus the ladies. That's diabolical. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still thinking about it now. Yeah, I. Mm -hmm. You might be a genius. Yeah. (laughs) Further evidence. Get her done. Also, um, I had a had a couple of thoughts. Uh, this predates you guys a little bit, but conversations uh, no one has anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about all that shit that my mom was always talking about when I was a kid. Was always everything was always um, worried about microwaves and sitting too close to the TV yeah. set, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, I had to wait twenty minutes before you went in the swimming pool, sure. and all. You know, we basically lived our lives like crazy gypsies mm-hmm. and wives' tales and everything. When I was a kid, it was nonstop talk about preservatives. Oh, there's preservatives yeah. and everything. Preservatives, yes. the preservatives. That's, that's going to kill you. It's preservatives. They're preserving. They're yes. putting the preservatives in there. No preservatives talk anymore. That is absolutely true. I don't know why my Rolodex just flipped to this moment because of what you just said. At the very beginning of European vacation, and I do not remember what year that is, oh but they're doing like the, the game show, like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, pick yeah. and a poke. Mm-hmm. And when he introduces Clark Griswold, he says like he works in like food, blah, blah, blah. Not preservatives. Uh, yeah. So that yeah. was like a thing. That was a bad word. Yeah. yeah. It was really bad and then it's gone now. You're right. But uh, that uh, no that talk. seed oil is in everything now. Has yeah. preservatives gotten better? Like, are there natural preservatives that are not as deadly? I, I, if you're I canning guess or pickling. Also, we just don't. Or we moved on. We just kind of moved <laughs> yeah. on. Um, we have bigger problems. Bigger fish to fry and rapeseed oil. Yeah, that's right.
Yeah, I ruined another another thing I enjoy. I love, I don't know what it's called, but when you take the olives and you chop them up and you make that kind of compound. Tapenade. Tapenade. Yeah, olive tapenade. I was looking at something, I was spooning that stuff on everything all the time, and I looked at it the other day, and it had sunflower oil was the second thing. So you mm. think it's olive yeah, oil because it's olive oil. olives? No, it makes sense, of course. <laughs> no. The one thing that should Sun, be packed in olive oil. Sunflower oil. Oh. Ugh. It's everywhere. So you're Cannot really escape you're really looking at that now. Yeah, you got to upgrade your tapenade, dude. You, well, here's here's what I'm saying. Got Whole Foods tapenade. You cannot trust that anything doesn't have seed oil yeah. no. in it these days. You no. have to just read it because yes. it is insanely ubiquitous. All right. Uh, also, I have some uh, hot Moonstruck talk. Oh, I like oh. Moonstruck. Here we go. And uh, I thought I liked it too. Oh no, you don't like Moonstruck? Well, I hadn't watched it. Probably since I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I, I saw it when I was yeah. a kid. My defense is probably about 20 years. Circa yeah. 1987. Um, got, I, like uh, I think it, I think it won best original screenplay. I think Cher got a, she got her Oscar. Well, Cher, Olympia Cher, Dukakis right? got one supporting. Cher got a nod because she had a gray streak in her hair, which made her seem homely. And she was kind of playing this character that Over sort the of worked. caricature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Nick Cage had no hand, from what I remember. You go back, you go back and watch it now. Give it's, me the big knife, Chrissy. It's weird. I, do it, it, I tell you, it doesn't hold up. Yeah. The writing is weird. Everyone's just sort of yelling really? at each other the so, whole time. I couldn't tell you. Well, I did pull. I told Chris to pull the the Nick Cage scene, and when she she goes down to the bakery where Nick works to tell <laughs> her old, first things first. He took my hand. Right. Okay, first things first, Chris, I didn't get you on this one, but um, the man she's going to marry is 57. Nick Cage is 27. Yeah, Danny Aiello. And and she's like, he's like, you got to get my brother. My brother's got to go. Your, your brother's 28 years between yeah. you and your brother? I mean, Nick oh. Cage looked like he was 24. Yeah, they are separated by some decades. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how old Danny Aiello was in 87 versus uh, Nick Cage. But, and then, so she goes to the bake. She calls him and he hangs up. He, like, screams mm-hmm. at her and hangs up. Yeah, we'll talk about Johnny. They're mm-hmm. getting married. And I'm trying to think to myself, well, what was it? What? Why won't he go? Why haven't they spoken in, in five years? So then she goes down to the basement. Danny Aiello is 31 years older than Nick Cage. <laughs> 31. A scant 31 years. I, she didn't cover like after the second marriage and my dad married a younger woman <laughs> yeah, right, and my half brother. It's just my brother. He's my brother. Right. When, when Danny Aiello was 45, I mean, in, 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 in this, in this, well, he no. didn't look very young in the movie. No, he the was an movie. older man. Like, Danny Aiello and Harvey Keitel were born looking about 52. Why, why make your brother over 30 years? Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, so then Cher goes down to the basement where he's baking mm. and decides to just say, you know, just come, come to the wedding and here's Nick Cage. <laughs> Very subdued performance about why <laughs> nuance is what you'd call right. it as to why he wouldn't go to his brother's wedding. What? Somebody get a seat, Ron. Johnny! Johnny, somebody wants to see you. And the brother, Nick Cage, is a psychopath in this this movie. A tortured man. He's a tortured man. Chris even alludes to it. He is so tortured. 
chair approaches him next to his oven. Go for my brother Johnny? Yeah. Why? Uh, well, we're gonna get married. You're gonna marry my brother Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, would you like to go someplace so we could talk? I have no life. Excuse me? I have no life. My brother Johnny took my life from me. I, I don't understand you. And now he's getting married. He has his. He's getting his. And he wants me to come. What is life? I didn't come here to upset you. They say bread is life. This is one of his best performances. And, and I bake bread, 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 and I sweat and shovel this stinking dough in and out of this hot hole in the wall and... And I should be so happy. Huh, sweetie? <laughs> you want me to come to the wedding of my brother Johnny? By the way, pause it for a second. Where's my wedding? Didn't uh, didn't Johnny know his brother was a psychopath when he said he said like go get my brother like he was in Newark yeah. and right. he he had a, he was a, a he was a dentist you know and they hadn't spoken in a right. while or He's something a basement dweller yeah a basement Who hates dweller the world All feel right. free to not invite him to the wedding so why won't he what's his beef with his brother is the question go ahead Chrissy over by the wall bring me the big bring knife the big no knife. Ronnie. Bring me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. Maybe I should come back another time. No, I want you to see this. I want you to watch me kill myself so you can tell my brother Johnny on his wedding day. Okay? Chrissy, bring me the big knife. I tell you, I won't do it. (laughs) She won't do it. She won't do it. Do you know about me? Oh, Mr. Cameroon. What? Do you know about me? Nothing is anybody's fault, but things happen. Look. It's got a wooden hand. <laughs> this wood oh. is fake. Five years ago, I was engaged to be married, and, uh, and Johnny came in here, and he ordered bread for me. And I said, oh, okay, some bread. <laughs> and, and I put my hand in the slicer, and it got caught because I wasn't paying attention. The slicer chewed off my hand <laughs> it's funny because when my fiance found out about it when she found out that i had been maimed she left me for another man that's the bad blood between you and johnny yes that's it all right well hold on a second let's just say he worked at a robex or a juice and stuff or right. something and then the brother came in and went i'll have a yeah, smoothie sure. and then he put his face into the blender <laughs> bad blood is it but don't customers salt. come in all day and just yeah. ask for bread since yeah. he works at a bakery? That's right. Why the acrimony here? I mean, what? what's... Uh... He doesn't seem like he's really into introspection. <laughs> but is, is his brother's fault because he asked for bread and then... He I can't like believe you're reading that. The absurdity is the joke. I say it's absurd. It doesn't make any sense. That's why it's funny. I mean, at the very least, be mad at the fiancé that left you. <laughs> He has no reason to be upset at him. That's why it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I want to see the rest of the scene. Just scream! The, I have no this hand. This whole movie has a lot of this in it, which is it's weird writing. It's not particularly funny. Oh. I don't care. 
I ain't no freaking monument to justice. I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his bride. You want me to take my heartbreak, put it away, and forget? She was ha- has sex with him like moments after this too. <laughs> Should have won an Oscar. Pretty crazy. <clears throat> Is it just a matter of time before a man opens his eyes and gives up his one dream? The finest actor of our generation. His one dream of happiness. Everyone's crying. Everyone's crying. I just forgot what a weird movie this movie was. It's definitely weird. It's very, it's kind of Twin Peaks-ish. Yeah. Looking back at it. Remember the old man, Cosmo, who just got to walk his dogs and stare at the moon? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of weird elements to this movie. Everyone is having an affair with everyone. The yeah. most tormented man I have. Olympia Dukakis doesn't tormented. really. I'm in love with this man. You can pause. Doesn't really do that much in it. It's mm. kind of weird. It's just a weird. I don't. I don't know. I, I would. I would. Uh, I would ask everyone to go back and revisit <laughs> Moonstruck. I <laughs> think it'll seem it'll seem weird to you and yeah. not as funny as you thought it originally was but was it, were they billing it as a comedy i don't oh, remember yeah. it was definitely like a romantic comedy wow yeah yeah, yeah but it was weird it's like a swippy off your feet kind of you know whimsical Oof, uh, comedy very I whimsical. think a lot of it was the italian heritage stuff was a lot of people sure. going, mom you don't understand and they play the music yeah it was kind of they kind of liked it all right, so that was my uh, hot moonstruck. That's my hot moon. Now going back to about the same time, mm-hmm. I was uh, listening to uh, Madonna's "Material Girl" the other day. Were you now? Uh, actually, yesterday. That's a fun pop song. Well, it right? came on the radio. Okay. Yeah, Madonna has a lot of fun pop yeah. songs, but this one is fun and bad. Yeah. Is this Joel Tune territory? T- yes. Oh yes. This but is here's a tinny. Yeah. Here's the question. I said, is Madonna happy about this now? Mm. Oh. Like, because, and I'll tell you why. Because everyone just goes, oh, yeah, come on. You take any comedian and show them a set from when they were 23 <laughs> yeah. and they cringe. cringe. They're like, oh, I can't believe I was. Even if you think it's funny, they'll still cringe. Right. And she is now forever the material mom, so the material girl. That up because I, I think I brought up in the show before, but how much does it annoy you when it's like the morning show or like extra or Hawk Test Hollywood? Ah, the material girl is 57 yeah. years old today. And she has to live with that. And Billy Joel's always, ah, the piano man right. turns right. 62. Yeah. She's always the Material Girl. Yeah, so she often remarked that Material Girl is the song she most regrets recording. Oh, really? really? I just be... stumbled onto this one song. and I, but, but turn up for a second. Just listen. Like yeah. it's, it's quirky. It's like she must cringe. It must be embarrassing when she's Clearly. like talking. And it's also flies in the face of Madonna's sort of ethos about women and empowerment and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she was curating herself as like a modern-day Marilyn Monroe at this point. Right. If you included this song on a Cyndi Lauper record and no one ever heard of Madonna, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Of course it's right. Cyndi Lauper, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, does she feel exactly the opposite or the same about Like a Virgin in that same ethos? This one is 
emotionally bad and sonically corrupt as well. Like it's just, sonically corrupt. It is. Listen. It, it, it lacks musicality. It's one long commercial jingle. Yeah, I can get down with this. It's like right. a silly, just yeah. little pop song, but there's nothing remarkable about it. This is it's not got some weird stuff where she's making her noises yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And like she must hate to hear this. Oh, it's coming back. Oh, oh. she's barking. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, I'm glad she hates it. <laughs> well, she, yeah, but she's so the she, moniker for sure. She said, "I mean, she she appreciates what it did for her career, the song and the video, but she hates that it, she was known as Material Girl, yeah. and she'll be known as a Material Girl till she's 90." The material girl is like, 95 years old. That's what they say. The material mom. Uh, yeah. She said, like, Lana Turner was the sweater girl until the day she died. She didn't oh, really? Yeah. Sweater girl? Sweat a lot? <laughs> that's what I heard. All right. Uh, a, a correction. The uh, failing system we're looking at out of uh, Israel, it was pointed out to Chris uh, multiple times that that was from a video game. Damn good video game. And it was an actual synthesized but i said to chris is it still what israel uses to sh- is that their iron dome yeah. is that the technology yeah In so which the, case, the game's called arma 3 and it's an open world realism based military so it's a bit like right. an artist so. illustration like, of what yeah goes like an on. exhibition but they still use the failing system, and that's what yeah. Israel uses in their Iron Dome. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So it's a it's a Artist sensationalized version yeah. of it, but that's how it that's well, how it works. Uh, speaking of that, I I don't have the story in front of me. I read it quickly this morning, but uh, I can look at it for tomorrow. LAUSD and public schools, I think, in San Francisco are um, are leaning on the teachers' union to make sure that. Um, there's no like pro-Israel talk in school. Oh yeah, did I get that right? Yes, I heard that over the weekend. They're going to sort of align themselves with, which is a anti-Israel whatever. It's it's kind of an interesting thing, which is you know every year. Can't remember if I brought this up, but all the big newspapers they endorse a candidate. Sure, you know what I mean. Of course, this is to myself. Why? Like, if you're the L.A. Times yeah, and you exactly. just you go, you always endorse a Democratic candidate. But why? Because now I don't really believe your stories right, about right. the other guy. Like, mm. if you've you've stayed, you're a newspaper. Right. You, I don't know. Like, if you're, you're the, the L- last one, your L.A. Teachers Union don't make an announcement: Israel versus Palestine. They're yeah. just you're 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 mm. supposed to teach. Right. You just teach. You're absolutely right. Is, that, I, is it to avoid sense. controversy, or are they taking a stance? But how is that avoiding controversy? I have no idea. It's pretty it, controversial. Everyone's taking a stance on everything, and these unions especially, but just everybody. I don't know whether you're whether you're Coca Cola or Delta or the L A Times or the Teachers Union. Just go out and do do what you do. Right. Just do, teach or just report. teach or sell soda or whatever it is. Right. In that, uh, along those lines, I pull the life water. I was a little watching a little A and E over the weekend. I was watching a little the uh, million dollar listings. Okay, and there's nothing that's a million dollars. By the way, like New say. York million dollar million listings. listings. If you're lucky, yeah. the average listing is like eight point seven million it's a bucks. Bus stop. But uh, this is uh, this is A and E getting behind Pride Week. But okay. the message is sort of like. Okay, if people are different, they didn't have stand a chance in the arts. Well, just played for, and mm-hmm. you'll have a laugh. Because of our gender, who we fall in love with, 
the color of our skin, or the ability of our bodies. Our life's work may never be seen. <laughs> okay, <or> hold on. <laughs> There's no gay people in the in the arts. <laughs> this is the yeah. one. Look, if you guys were talking about coal mining mm-hmm. in the '40s, mm-hmm. or maybe you're talking about, you know, I, I don't know, if someone who worked in a quarry mm-hmm. or smelting Lumberjack. something. Mm-hmm. I don't show musicians right. and filmmakers painters. and painters. Well, one area you could argue they thrive for decades. <laughs> because of the color of our skin and who we choose to love. Shut the fuck up, everyone, with all your fucking shit. Or come up with a different angle. It's an outdated message. Like, this might have been true, you know, some number of years ago, but... Some number... I mean... It's in, getting less and less true with every past you got to go back 40 years for, for this one. I'm sorry. We can keep playing Please. it and we can find out. We wouldn't be able to get... We wouldn't hear their words or their music or their poetry or their fashion, Gina. Oh, no! Yeah. Flower, flower design. Uh-oh. It's time for change. LifeWater is on a mission to fill the world with creativity by oh, people like Finally, us. black people so can, can dance. inspire the next generation. Join inspire the next generation. LifeWater doesn't give two shits about anything. You know how... Ugh, inspire the next generation. You know how you hear people say, like, you know, if you care so much about the holiday spirit or whatever, like, you know, do Christmas at another time of the year or whatever. Or listen to Christmas music in July. Right. If you so believe in the message of of the gay movement mm. don't don't save it for pride Limited month pride. Yeah. yeah do it any old it time feels very cynical yeah yes yeah. all right let me tell you about uh tommy john you may have busted dad's balls growing up but now it's time to make it up to him on father's day with tommy john from uh, beautiful tommy john designs i'm wearing my tommy john underwear right now uh, more comfortable than uh, anything out there in the market. Over 14 million pairs sold. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews. Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Dozens of comfort innovations like breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. Once Dad tries Tommy John underwear, he's never going back. I guarantee it. It is the best pair he'll ever wear or it's free. Guarantee it's Tommy John, right, Dawson? Go to TommyJohn.com slash Adam for 20% off your first order right now. Order by June 15th for delivery by Father's Day. Get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Adam. TommyJohn.com slash Adam. See site for details. All right, let's take a uh, quick break. I got a little game film from The View, some hot topics to uh, break down. And then uh, we'll also talk to the mayor... Of uh, Aurora, Aurora, Colorado, Colorado, about the homelessness. I have a thought. We'll do that right after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Adam, I have a super old or super new Amazon. Either River with all the prehistoric cultures, or of course where we buy our stuff online. 
You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. All right. We're going to talk to uh, Mayor. Yes, Gina. That's very good. Amazon in in that same uh, line that I never thought of. Banana Republic. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy, is there a chasm. Yeah. These are all good. These are fun. Um, So uh, the mayor, Mike Mm -hmm. Kaufman of Aurora, he went out and he lived amongst the homeless and um, sort of Shelters and lived the shelters and encampments and came up came a, came away with some very different thoughts. Uh, Max Pat is going to get him on the blower, so maybe I'll wait on my hot uh, hot topics. Oh, don't bury the lead! <laughs> Come got, on, you guys have you to. You don't watch. dangle Behar in front of us. You have to watch the view. Us. The the view. First off, everyone has tenure there. Like nobody's mm-hmm. going anybody <laughs> anywhere. Right. They don't feel like, and I don't. I don't know if there's anyone. If you do late night shows, the other late night shows, they're always nipping at your heels. Like sure. there's, right. they're looking at the overnights and right. the demographics every day. You're looking at who won the night and overnight stuff. I feel like the view doesn't really have that. Oh, they're alpha. They're an apex predator. Yes. <laughs> they don't have any, any predators yeah. in the wild. And then. They kind of got rid of the live audience. They have this weird... The screen. Or the, uh, the illusion they're in the same room, yeah. but they're clearly not. Right. There's that, and the audience isn't in the room either. The audience is a video bank of right. just people applauding. That for, was an Ellen thing, I think. That was the first... She came up with that. Yeah, so they're really mailing it in. But we'll get to that. We'll get some hot topics after that. First, we'll talk to the mayor of Aurora, Mayor Mike Kaufman. Mayor? Hey, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining us, and thanks uh, to Chris. By God, that's producing, man, for uh, <laughs> seeing. Now, was it an article you came out with? or I'm, I'm trying to think of how we saw you in this uh, this uh, homeless story. So in uh, on January 26th, um, uh, I decided to, uh, it was slow time of year, and uh, I told my staff I was taking a vacation. Uh, let no one know, but uh, one reporter, and uh, went homeless for a week and uh, stayed in three different shelters and one encampment. Uh, and so I uh, got some direct observations and, and wrote some articles after that uh, concerning uh, what my observations were. And um, unfortunately, fairly controversial, uh, it seen by by some. Uh, and so um, um, that's where we are now. I'm, I am moving towards a, a, a an initiative for a camping ban uh, in the city of Aurora. Uh, well, actually, legislatively, trying to move that forward. What would that entail? What does a camping ban entail? Well, a camping ban, uh, I think, is a is a is a balance between the rights of um, the, the those experiencing homelessness and the rights of uh, homeowners and business owners. And so, what it eff- effectively says is that it is unlawful uh, to camp in un- unauthorized areas in our city. Uh, on private or public land, uh, private land, of course, uh, if, if the zoning approves it and there's permission from the owner. And um, notice will have to be given uh, and that we will have a designated area for them to go to that will provide much-needed services. But the notion of people camping anywhere and, uh, unfortunately, the trash that builds up with that and some of the problems associated with it, um, you know, I, I think needs to be dealt with. Yeah, there should be a simple announcement made from all mayors and all governors and all cities, which is if you would arrest 
taxpayers for doing it, then you can't fucking do it. This is the new world we're at, which is mm-hmm. if I went out and attempted to do, go do all this shit, then something would happen to me. But somehow we've gone into some sort of weird Orwellian lawlessness mm-hmm. where if you're an empty bag, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. But I'll get off my high horse, uh, Mayor. Let's talk about the difference between encampments and shelters. And and also, what's the controversy? This is what you experienced. What's the takeaway that people are missing? So the, um, I think the controversy was, in my observations, was that in the shelters, there were three different categories of people. Uh, I think the the first was those who were truly mentally ill. Uh, There will be those who have a very expansive definition of what that means. But in, in my observations. It's people that, you know, were obviously talking to themselves, uh, not able to interact with others, uh, and, and had the skills simply to navigate uh, the system to in order to get food, but, but not, nothing else. They'd never be able to take care of themselves. Uh, but then there's what I call the big middle. And the big middle uh, uh, were people that uh, had been chronically homeless, had drug and alcohol challenges, uh, but the vast majority had little desire to change. And so, uh, and then the third uh, were those that were dis- uh, displaced by the pandemic, but not a large group. Uh, however, I had a lot of, I have 100% confidence that, you know, they were utilizing, they, they wanted to go to work. They wanted to go back to work, and they were, and, you know, they lost their income, they lost their apartment or their house. And so they were you know, had a solid plan. They were doing day labor, some of them uh, uh, getting jobs, uh, but, but staying in the shelter at night as a place to save money in order to, to, to be able to get a deposit on an, on an apartment. Um, and some waiting out the pandemic, people, that, for instance, uh, people that cleaned houses that, you know, and during the pandemic, you had public health officials saying, nobody but your immediate family should be in the house with you. And so they basically got got tossed out and were not and, and lost their income, lost their work, lost their income. So uh, there were those three categories in the um, in the encampments that I experienced in downtown Denver. Now there were uh, there was one I was going to go to a that had been cleaned up by the time I got there. The uh, so the encampments uh, in Denver in downtown Denver may not be representative of of I think all encampments, but there were really younger people, really hard drug use. Kind of a, you're both probably way too young for this, but in the late 60s, early 70s, there was a hippie movement. It was about dropping out. It was about a communal lifestyle, and it was drug use, but that drug use was, you know, hallucinogenic drugs and marijuana. These, what, so all that, uh, I think pertain to this population with the exception that the drug use is hard drug use. It's, it's, it's crystal meth. It, it's, uh, heroin. You see people shooting up, uh, young people shooting up. You see young people smoking it in clear glass pipes. I mean, uh, just really sad. But, but in, in my discussions with them, just no desire to move on. Well, so is this a safe statement that the people that were in the shelters, is it, is it impossible to do drugs in the shelters or difficult to do drugs yeah, in the it's shelters? Very difficult. It's very difficult. And so that's a big reason. And what amazed me was you kind of bifurcate the populations, that there was no crossover between the two populations for those people experiencing homelessness. If you were in a 
shelter, you were never going to go to an encampment. And if you were in an encampment, you'd never go to a shelter. Right. Uh, and so a lot of it is the fact that the shelters are in a supervised setting mm-hmm. uh, to where it's, I mean, some are more strict than others, but generally uh, it's, it's, it's prohibited and it's difficult to do. Whereas obviously in the encampments, um, you know, they're suspicious of, of people observing them. Uh, so I had to get through that suspicion. But the fact is it's, it's basically drug use on demand. Well, just as a practical matter, I don't know Aurora, Colorado that well, but doesn't it get extremely cold? Like, what wouldn't it make sense for people in encampments at least certain times of the year to go to a shelter? You know, it does, but but they don't do it. Um, they have tents. Uh, when it gets really cold, they tend to hibernate. But the amazing thing is that they have tremendous amount of support, at least in the city and county of Denver, by some of the people who live in the area. That will, you know, you, and I didn't believe this when I, when I was first, uh, you know, dealing with this, this, the people in the encampments, observing them and talking to them and, and stayed in one that they, somebody told me, I said, where do you get food? And they said, people bring us food. And I said, really? And I was just shocked that, uh, I ate much better in the encampments than in the shelter. And, you know, people bought food. Uh, people, I mean, bought more food than the people in the encampments could eat. I was, I was really shocked by that. And as well as other supplies and you know, blankets and stuff like that. So, uh, but, the, but they had sleeping bags and, and, uh, and pretty good tents. And they tend to, when, when it gets really cold, they just tend to hibernate. Did, um, I was talking to Dr. Drew about this, and I just sort of put it this way as I was hearing, you know, it's, it's obviously we're from L.A., so... It's all over mm-hmm. the place here. Oh, you see, yeah. And it's completely counterintuitive to do that. You know, the mother of three who lost her job at the book bindery, sure. and now she's forced to sleep on the... That didn't, it just didn't make sense. It seems like no. drugs, and, and it seems like you, if you're living there, you want to be there, not in a supervised mm-hmm. setting. But I said to Dr. Drew, as I was anticipating speaking to you today, I said, well, here's kind of how you know. If, if you... You hear about these stories where refugees from Haiti have to go in and they set up the shanty town or something and they're forced to sleep that way. And but if you said to them, "We have a facility you can move to. It's it's indoors. It's got heat. Regular. Every single one in the shanty town would get up and right. go to the fucking facility because it's got a roof, you know." So if you choose to stay on the ground when you have a facility, at least the option of a facility, then it's probably because you want to do things that you can't do in the facility. I don't know. What if Dawson, you like smoking, right? Oh, yeah. All right. What if if they just said zero smoking in the facility and zero smoking around the facility? You might camp. Exactly. Okay. We'll replace replace that with uh, methamphetamine. Mm. So, I, I, is this broken down along party lines? Why, why do I feel like this is so politicized? It's, you know, I, I think, I don't know about partisan lines, but there is clearly a left and a right uh, involved. In it. And I would, I would probably, in terms of how you define the solution, mm-hmm. and I, I think to the left, the solution is called housing first. And actually, it's a policy adopted by... Uh, the second Bush administration, George W. during during his tenure, uh, was adopted as federal policy. And, and uh, what that effect says is that 
housing is so basic to the human condition that if you solve for housing, not by giving emergency housing, but by giving permanent, what they call permanent supportive housing, that people will on their own change their behaviors. Uh, supportive supportive uh, services, meaning, you know, uh, to deal with drug abuse, to get work skills, to, you know, do those things. Um, and then there's kind of the more the what I would call the work-first philosophy, and that says you ought to require things of them, like being sober, <laughs> you know, give them help to become sober, but they have to commit to, to being sober. They have to commit to working, uh, they, you know, and then the, the goal is to get them the work skills, uh, to get them a better job uh, while they're working and while they're staying in an emergency shelter situation. And so uh, we have a program like that that we support in the city of Aurora right now, and I think it's a very effective program. Um, and so, so that I think that's kind of the dividing line, uh, you know, in terms of how it's philosophically looked at. And I would say that, you know, those that, that you know lean left are probably more likely to be housing first. Those that lean right are more likely to be work first. Um. We had a situation out here with MacArthur Park or Elysian Park or I can't remember Echo which. Park. Echo, Echo Park. Park. Damn, the only third, there's only three <laughs> parks. Uh, Griffith Park. Um, so we had a situation where just completely overrun. It was a disaster. And at some point, somebody just said, we're cleaning this up. And they just went mm-hmm. in and they moved, you know, seven metric tons of waste and stuff out. And people were protesting. Mm-hmm. And then they cleaned and resodded it and cleaned it all up and then just said no more camping and opened it up. And it's like sort of magically it's yeah. nice now. I have no idea well, where mm-hmm. everyone went. They offered them places. Many didn't want them. The advocates are sort of like the, – the advocates are would be like advocates for why can't these bears eat out of dumpsters at Jellystone Park? <laughs> you know, it's like because it's killing them, you fucking retards. And it's like, yeah, but you shouldn't be able to – okay, good luck. You're not helping that community. It, it seems to me that we're really talking less about – I mean, I think part of the problem is the nomenclature. We go homeless, 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 homeless. So we go get them a home. Mm-hmm. This is a drug – this is an addiction and a mental – issue that more than it is homelessness and also think about what it takes to become homeless if in fact there is no mental issues or drug issues involved how many how many places would you have to stop before you got to the sidewalk alienate everyone you've ever known Yes, you. Everyone would move home or right. sofa surf or. There's a lot know, of fails. They call it couch surfing, but they're ruining the alliteration mm-hmm. of the yeah, sofa, sofa couch surfing. Crash. Couch crash. Couch crash. We. I, there, everyone knows ten people whose guest house they would flop in or, or inflatable mattress they would flop on right. or whatever before they got to the sidewalk. Right. You have to burn out everybody in your galaxy before you get to the sidewalk and that's drugs right and if i can sort of crystallize what i think you said and you tell me Mm -hmm. if i'm wrong um to to both of you um you know you talk about feeding the bears or you know say you know on you know zoos or wildlife they say like don't feed the animals because me giving the animal the food that i'm not supposed to do makes me feel better not right. giving it to the animal makes the animal feel better. Well, it makes, no! them, so this is, makes them do better. Right, but I'm saying like, so it's kind of selfish when you put it yes. that way. 
Well, also, well, I think I think you're yeah. enabling some very destructive behavior. Yes. I, think, I think that's a central issue. We use public resources, and what, what private resources do, nonprofits, I think, is their own deal. But I think, in terms of tax dollars, I think they really ought to be focused on uh, helping those who who want to get off the street, who want to change their behavior. Uh, helping the truly mentally ill and helping those people displaced uh, uh, who want to get, you know, by the pandemic, uh, by the economy, who want to get back to work, who want to get into stable housing. Um, and so I, I think that, but for the people that are chronically homeless, they don't want to change. Um, you know, that you, I don't know how you're going to make a difference. And I just don't know that the notion of housing first is a, is a smart way to spend tax dollars. Well, we hear, and I don't know if, uh, how uh, widespread this was throughout the country, but we had the, I, it was the Motel Key program. Mm-hmm. And that w- during the pandemic to get people physically off the street and to go inside when everyone was locked down. And uh, the, you know, a lot of the reports were, well, these motel rooms are obliterated. They're destroyed. I mean, they're they're full of drug use in San Francisco. You can have the, the drugs brought to you and the liquor brought to you. And so it's not like these, it, you know, having the th- four walls and a roof um, magically makes people f- better. These these places were destroyed. So, yeah, where's the balance? Well, it's a there's a there's another pretty simple thing, which is we have decided as a society that you may not camp on the sidewalk in front of people's houses. That's just the rule. And as a matter of fact, I don't even know that you need a no camping rule. It's, it's a no shit Sherlock rule. You're not allowed to do it and you're not helping anyone by doing, and it proliferates. It's just more and more and more. So thanks for fighting the uh, good fight, mayor. Mayor Mike, I uh, I appreciate it. And sorry, you know, we're getting to the point now where people go out, experience something, give their observations, and then are attacked for experiencing what they were. And by the way, you could have gone out and experienced total sobriety amongst the people camping on the street, and you would have reported that. And if anyone disagrees with you, by all means, do what Mayor Kaufman did and see for yourself. Absolutely. And and let me tell you, I think if, if I would have said all these people are all victims... Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we've, you know, got to do this whole thing, this permanent supportive housing, uh, and they would have been erecting a statue <laughs> for me, uh, you know, of me. But uh, it is a tough issue. It's a complicated issue. But, you know, it, it, in a way, it reminds me of the welfare reform of the 1990s, where finally, I think in 1996, they passed welfare reform that said you have to participate in work training or education in order to receive uh, public benefits, of course, has been watered down since. And uh, if you're on the if you're on the public assistance program, uh, which is now temporary aid to the families, uh, we need that sort of a movement when it comes to homelessness. I mean, we need to require something of them that they're going to affirmatively do something to change their behavior. Yeah, I think that was Clinton's movement, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, well, actually, a Republican Congress gave it to him." <laughs> he saw, well, Clinton was down stuff. with it. Yeah. It was like, and it sure. worked. It got a lot of people off work. the off the rolls. Like, you it know, did. it's it's pretty sad. Thank you, Mayor. Appreciate it. Oh. People are 
people. You know, you say to them, "We'll give you money indefinitely," and they'll take the money take indefinitely. It. You tell them great. you got you, you got three months, and then you got to get a job. They'll get a job. That's same as a teenage boy, right. a nineteen year old living in uh, the guest house. Are you, know, you, you got, kidding me? You go okay. You got to the end of the summer the to summer. get a gig, and then uh, stepmom's booting you out. Right. Well, they'll they'll find, they'll find you, a gig, yeah. or right. you can say hang out, and then they'll hang out. All right, we have um, we have the view, view the view. <laughs> this is me stumbling into uh, an episode and uh, a hot topic, uh, and the subject is uh, vaccines and and incentives. And uh, now again, they're all provided with the subjects well in advance. Mm. There's probably a couple of writers on staff that'll give you a few beats right. and talking points, but uh, let's just let's just listen to how how they mail it in. As of today, around 63 uh, percent of adult Americans have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. And President Biden is rolling out a wide variety of incentives to get shots in the arms and hit the 70 percent mark by the 4th of July. Take a look. We're going to continue encouraging people to get vaccinated with incentives and fun rewards. The NBA, the NHL, NASCAR, NASCAR tracks, they're offering vaccines outside playoff games and in races. Major League Baseball. We'll be offering free tickets to people who get vaccinated at the ballpark. And to top it off, Anheuser-Busch announced that beer is on them on July the 4th. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Get a shot and have a beer. USA. Free beer for everyone 21 years or over oh. to celebrate the independence from the virus. Fucking oh, dark. boy. By the way, when, when Biden is making, when Biden looks like Rip Taylor compared to whoopee it's time to bring the energy up a couple of a couple of clicks but all right now so let's hear the hot takes so sarah are incentives good i mean we talk about them for our kids and our friends and our family i mean i think anything that gets people going i'm all for what do you think i'm all for it as well and that felt like a school principal at a school raffle (laughs) like you can get some good stuff if you just take this shot. But um, I rarely believe the end Sarah justify Haynes the means. But in this case, in, anything to get to our goal of uh, the 70% by the 4th of July, I'm Filling on board for, for. Megan McCain. One side of me gets a little sad because I know there, you know there are people dying to take this vaccine that would take it in a second with no reward. With Many of us did without any incentives. But I also don't want to oversimplify it. I think there are reasons why people um, haven't gotten them. You have the child care issue, people that are worried missing work if they have side effects staying open, uh, the, having the hours of the vaccination sites extended, uh, getting to the communities that need it the most, communities of We're color. We're not really, um, hold on I a think, second. We're not asking enough of ourselves. Like, I'd mm-hmm. like to get vaccinated, but I have a nine-year-old. Who's going to watch him? That, like, I, 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 when I was a kid, I went everywhere with my stupid yeah. mom and just Bingo. stood there. You know what I mean? Or like sat in the oh, car. Going shopping with your parents? Uh, How many JCPenney's return uh, runs? Anyway, she's she's bringing a little bit of the energy because she's sitting in for no, Megan no. McCain. Sorry, go ahead. All of these are, are potential kind of uh, stop gaps. So these incentives are exciting because they have people offering these things. And I read something that made me laugh. It was a tweet by a business editor at Axios, Dan Primack. He said, so if you get it vaccinated, you can now get free Budweiser, Krispy Kreme donuts and chances to win a lottery. Pretty sure that means you hate America if you don't get vaccinated. 
And I think that kind of sums That's it hilarious. up. hilarious. Not her take, though. <laughs> Anna, are these incentives uh, a, 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 a right way to get people to go get stuff done that is good for them? <laughs> Look, first of all, it's it feels... Like we are. Hold on. Whoopi has has distilled her verbiage down to like when you'd stay at someone, someone lets you use their cabin (laughs) and they just have like flour, yeast, Uh baking soda. Like she's like, people with stuff. Is this, is it good? It's good for stuff uh, to get Uh people to things with uh, them and shots with stuff. For you turn good? now. Yes. Yes. You speak now. <laughs> you? All right. Here we go. Take for granted our privilege as Americans. Whoopi, there are countries all over the world, including places where I have family and friends like Nicaragua, places like yeah. India, places like Canada, just next door, where people are desperate, waiting for their turn to be vaccinated because they don't have enough vaccines. And here we are having to throw lollipops and donuts and beer at people in order for them to uh, get vaccinated. But you know what? Whatever works. And I want to say <laughs> that, you know, there's governors in states like Ohio, Mike DeWine and Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, and even in West Virginia, Jim Justice, who's got his dog, baby dog, as the mascot of the get vaccinated. <laughs> Jim <laughs> Justice. Have you ever seen that dog? Who has the uh, mascot, look at the dog. Uh, I've never seen a dog before. Campaign, and, is, and they are giving away incentives, whatever it takes. Uh, as you know, all of us are vaccinated and the freedom we feel, the safety we feel it's something you do for yourself and for those you love around you. I mean, get over it, people. Just do it. Come on. And, Joy, you know, part of this, Joy's what we're seeing take. is there oh. are also states that say if you are not vaccination, vaccinated, you can't participate in this or this or this or this. So what do you think? Hold about- on. Just pause there. <laughs> the- Comedy is being specific. Right. Her examples were this, <laughs> this, 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 or this. Or this. Like, I know where her brain went. You can't participate in, in, in things. Like, that, those stuff and, or that. <laughs> things of, of that. Uh, All right, go ahead. Sorry, roll it back 10 seconds. Let's just listen to super specific examples of what you can't participate in. All right, it's good. And, Joy, you know, part of this, what we're seeing is there are also states that say if you are not vaccinated, you can't participate in this or this or this or this. So what do you think about West Virginia's lottery offering uh, offering guns for getting vaccinated? (laughs) I I saw the breathing. I saw you breathing. You know, before I get to that, I just want to say that some of these incentives are really working because in Ohio, their million dollar lottery drawing uh, led to a 28 percent increase in vaccination rate in the first week. So some of it is working, even if we have to be like, uh, you know, come on, take your vaccine, like a bunch of toddlers. Mm. But the thing about the gun that's fascinating is like, so take a bunch of people who are paranoid already because they're afraid of the vaccination. Many of them are delusional, believing that Trump won the election and let us put a gun in their hands. What a brilliant idea. How did anybody not think of that before? And if that doesn't work, how about an AR-15? Maybe we can get them a Sherman tank to run through the neighborhood. I mean, it's one thing to say, I'm going to give you a college education. It's another thing to say, I'm going to hand you a weapon. 
thought she is petering out at the end because she is used to being interrupted by Megan McCain yeah. and them yeah. going back and forth, uh, and she, she has, has no nowhere back. to go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sh- Sherman Tank from 1941. Okay, Joy. She didn't get that. All right. Let's... Uh, We'll just uh, we'll just we'll how, pull the plug on this. How did we go from a scant few months ago of people doing anything in their power to get this mm. vaccine to now like come on please and like treating people like babies it's a like self selecting sample? It's crazy. Yeah, self selecting. I mean, there were people jumping the line and everybody calling. was dying to get it. No pun intended. Yeah, and now it's like nobody cares. Well, the incentive for those people early on was, was I'm living? not going to get the yeah right. I'm not going to get coronavirus. All right, uh, we got the Rotten Tomatoes game coming up first. I'll tell you about Clavio. Ever wonder how the e-commerce brands you admire do it? It's not experience. They have the right data and the right tools. They have Clavio. Clavio's data-driven marketing automation platform is sophisticated enough to power legendary campaigns from brands you admire, but simple and easy and fast enough for anyone. Clavio helps brands create personalized multi-channel marketing campaigns using customer data. Clavio integrates with all leading e-commerce platforms. Drag and drop easy. Get started with your uh, first campaign in under an hour, and it's easy to build from there. Clavio's templates. So you can use Clavio's templates, and uh, super easy. 65,000 brands can't get enough, including some of the brands you hear me talk about on this podcast. Right, Dawson? To get started with a free trial of Clavio, visit Clavio.com slash Adam. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash Adam. All right. So let's take a quick break. Come back and do uh, Rotten Tomatoes right after this. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Get started with a great offer from Comcast Business. And for a limited time, ask how to get a $650 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle when you buy online. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to comcastbusiness.com to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 9-21-21. Call or go online for details.